This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. Fort, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Day one, what 2021 brought to compliance. 2021 was a very significant year for every compliance practitioner and compliance program. While there was a paucity of corporate FCPA enforcement actions, three enforcement actions were significant with multiple lessons for the compliance professional. In Deutsche Bank, we learned the cost of a corrupt culture and recidivism. In Amec Foster Wheeler, we saw what happens to a company which pays bribes and then tries to back out. The criminals they are dealing with have them in an untenable position that they must continue to pay bribes and how catastrophic failures in pre- and post-acquisition due diligence can lead to a massive FCPA violation. Finally, in WPP, we saw how accepted business incentives can become perverse, what happens when you ignore whistleblowers. However, there were two major policy announcements from the Biden administration, which every compliance professional needs not simply to be aware of, but also study and implement solutions based on these announcements. In late October, Deputy Attorney General General Lisa Monaco gave a keynote speech at the ABA's 36th National Institute on White-Collar Crime. Her remarks were noted by many commentators, and they should be studied by every compliance professional as they portend a very large change in the way the Department of Justice and potential other agencies enforce the FCPA. This has significant implications for every compliance professional, and corporate compliance program. The key changes announced in the Monaco speech were, number one, quote, today I am directing the department to restore prior guidance, making clear that to be eligible for any corporate credit, companies must provide the department with all non-privileged information about individuals in or responsible for the misconduct issue. Two, to be clear, a company must identify all individuals involved in the misconduct regardless of their position, status, or seniority, end quote. This portends a return to the strictures of the Yates Memo. Two, the second change I'm announcing today deals with the issue of companies' prior misconduct and how that affects our decisions around corporate compliance resolutions. Three, the final change I'm announcing deals with the use of corporate monitors. This final change is a rejection of the strictures laid out in the Benchkowski Memo, regarding the DOJ use of corporate monitorships. In November, the Biden administration released the Strategy on Countering Corruption in response to President Biden's prior declaration of corruption as a national security issue of the United States. While obviously focused on the U.S. government's role in leading the fight against corruption, the entire document portends a major sea change in the approach of fighting bribery and corruption literally on a worldwide basis. For this reason alone, it should be studied by all compliance professionals. The strategy has five pillars. 
Pillar number one is modernizing, coordinating, and resourcing U.S. government efforts to fight corruption with five strategic objectives. One, to enhance corruption-related research, data collection, and analysis. Two, improve information sharing within the government and outside. Three, increase focus on the transnational dimension of corruption. Four, organize and resource the fight against corruption at home and abroad. And five, integrate it and a corruption focus into regional, thematic, and sectorial priorities. Obviously, this more holistic approach is most welcome. Corruption does more than simply steal money from the world's economy. According to the strategy document, corruption robs citizens of equal access to vital services, denying them the right to quality health care, public safety, and education. It degrades the business environment and subverts economic opportunity and exacerbates inequality. It often contributes to human rights violations and abuses and can drive migration. As a fundamental threat to the rule of law, corruption hollows out institutions, corrodes public trust, and fuels popular cynicism towards effective, accountable government. I would add several others, such as damaging the fight against climate change, destroying ethic, ethical business practices, and, of course, leading to transnational crime and terrorism. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with today's three key takeaways. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, the release of the Biden administration's strategy on countering corruption is a significant development in the overall holistic U.S. government approach to fighting corruption. Obviously, declaring corruption as a national security issue elevates its importance to the government, and this document implementing some of these strategies really portends an explosion of resources which will be made available to the compliance professional. Number two, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco's speech refocused the DOJ's efforts on FCPA and other white-collar crime enforcement. Her reinstitution of the Yates memo, the rejection of the Benchkowski memo, and her focus on overall corporate culture in the form of looking at all corporate conduct, I think will be highly significant and will really put a lot more pressure on compliance professionals, but also require a more robust solution for compliance. Finally, even though we only had three FCPA enforcement actions, there were significant lessons for the compliance professional in these three FCPA enforcement actions. Deutsche Bank, Amec Foster Wheeler, and WPP provided multiple lessons learned for not only benchmarking your compliance program, but also testing to see if there were any gaps and also refocusing your ability to talk to senior management about what happens in various scenarios if you're embroiled in not simply an FCPA investigation and enforcement action, but actually if you even start by paying bribes, because once you start paying bribes, you're really stuck with that going forward. I hope you will join me tomorrow for day two in 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program, where I take up continuous monitoring leading to continuous improvement. If you'd like information on any of the topics from this podcast series, 
please check out the Compliance Handbook 2nd Edition available at LexisNexis.com slash Fox. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. I hope you will join me for the entire month of January where I take a look at some of the significant changes in compliance and FCPA enforcement. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.